what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. November 13th. To, what? No, you're, you're, you're lying to me. No, I'm not. That's why I got to do it again. Oh. November 13th, 2019. Episode number 105. Hold on. November the 13th on a Wednesday. It is. We're going to put this one out a couple days earlier. I'll explain why after, at the end here. But, um, or when we get to the when we get to the people we're talking to, uh, you'll know why. What? What? Episode episode 105. 105. Who do we have? Who's 105? All right. Well, we got a couple of them. I'm going to go back a little bit. Sandriana Shipman, she was 105 when she started racing pro. When I met her as an amateur, she was 555 as triple nickel racing. Then when she got her pro license, she was 105. And then she went to number 55. And the current number 105, that is Brandon Kitchen, a, a young man I like watching. I like watching him ride a motorcycle. Little young up-and-comer. He's doing pretty well. Uh, and uh, one of the guys that's going to be challenging some of these uh, veterans here in the next few years, no doubt. Um, what else happened in the week, in this week for Flat Track, man? I've kind of been uh, occupied. I, I haven't been had my ear close to the ground or heard much well, at all. Well, there was this little bicycle ride. These guys jumped on their bicycles <laughs> on the east coast of Florida. Yeah. I think they went from up there kind of by where you live all the way down to Key West. Have you heard about that? I definitely heard about that and uh, know a thing or two about that. But uh, I don't know. Is anything else going on in the flat track community or has that just been it? The only thing I can really think of is the tickets went on sale for the Oklahoma City Mile. I'm going to go ahead and plug it because it's my hometown. Okay, my home see. Track. So that is going to be on Father's Day weekend, which is June the 20th. So 620 of 20. I can't believe we're saying 20. It's not 19 anything anymore. It's not. It's 2020. That's yeah. just nuts. New decade. And just a little over a month, we'll be in a new decade, which is insane. Um, and it's awesome that we're going back to Oklahoma City, man. Uh, I know you're stoked on that. So, uh, yeah, go get your tickets and uh, get ready. I think... Uh, it's one of two that are on the schedule right now. I'm sure there's others that are confirmed, but I don't. I still haven't seen that schedule. It's coming out, I'm sure, uh, before too long. But, but yeah, man. Um, so if nothing else really happened, I, I say we dedicate this episode to talking to everybody. And I want to do something we've never done on this podcast. I want to get six people on a party line and see if we can wrangle that conversation for an interview for the guys that went down to Florida, down to Key West. Six other people, so that'd be yeah. eight total. Yeah, I think it'll be chaos. Are you, are, but are, are you crazy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know me. You know I'm crazy. Um, I think you're gonna have to identify each body when you. Or you're gonna have to identify who you're asking questions to, or otherwise this could get out of control real quick. I guarantee you. Man, I hope I can remember who all we get on the line. Oh, you're good with it, man. Well, I'll 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 be uh I'll throw you up. I'll write signs and throw it up on the Skype so you can see. Um, no, it'll be fine, man. And and I just kind of want to get uh talk to these guys, get some thoughts on how the trip went with them uh, on the back end, and uh, maybe get some more last minute push for this donate for donations on this cause. Um, so uh, you want to try to get them all on the line? I, I'm not going to try to do anything. I'm going to sit here and let you do it. But, yeah, let's call them all. I mean, I, I want to hear about their epic journey. Yeah, dude. I mean, I think probably the – I think me getting them on the line could probably be an episode in itself. Uh, wish me luck. Here we go. All right. Call them. We got everybody on the line. Let me walk through and just introduce who's on the phone here. We got the five guys that rode the bike. We got Corey Texter. We got Brandon Robinson, 
Chad Coase, Jared Vanderkoy, and uh, Noah Chambers. Now, we'll get to that in a bit. Now, my new flat trackers might not know who Noah is, but by the end of this episode, you're definitely going to have an idea of who Noah is. Um, and we also have Julian on the phone, our driver. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? How you doing? Good great. Hey, yo, yo. <laughs> this, this is going to uh, be are a... Are we on a party? This is going to be Are we great. on a party line or what? It's like an Xbox 360 party, dude. So I think Corey is where this all started, and we kind of talked to him when he was on uh, a couple weeks ago talking about his championship season. Uh, so, Corey, like, we talked about this, you know, a little bit, and you mentioned that you might be doing this bike ride, but this was well before I was involved, and I don't even know who else was involved. Did this start with you, or was it you and one of these guys that started this? Um, man, basically, I, it was probably started when I was tipsy one night, because that's usually when all my good ideas start to develop, yeah. and I was, uh, on Strava and cycling across the country, kind of gathered, like, the idea of it, and I thought, the Florida coast would be pretty epic, I've never read anyone that, I'm sure people have done it, but I've never read anything about it, and at that point, it was like, alright, well, who the hell crazy enough to do this with me? Um, and I kind of gathered up these four dudes, and it just started to develop, and before I knew it, our bikes were loaded up in the van, and we were headed to Florida, so it was, it was pretty epic. So, Corey, who was the first one that, that signed on and said, yeah, I'm going to do it with you, let's go? Well, the first one who I knew could do it and cycles the most other than me is B-Rob. So I called Brandon, I'm like, hey, dude, this is what I want to do, like, can we do it? And, um... He's like, yeah, dude, I'm in. And um, initially, we went, we wanted James Rispoli in, and he had other commitments. He couldn't make it. And uh, and honestly, it was just a matter of who are my closest friends. Like, rather or not, whether or not they bike a lot, it wasn't a huge deal for me because I knew we could get them through it. <laughs> I just wanted somebody that um, I enjoyed hanging around with for a week. So you know, it was a no-brainer. It was Vanderkoy, Noah Chambers. And Chad Coast, and um, yeah, it came about, and it was it was awesome. So, who the hell is Noah Chambers? I've never seen him at a racetrack. <laughs> well, <laughs> I am a motocross racer out of Oxford, Pennsylvania, same town as Brandon. Kind of started hanging around these guys. Um, I guess back in the winter, really. I mean, I knew Brandon for a while now. We. He kind of took me under his wing when I was, like, 10 years old or something like that. We started cycling a little bit. I was on my Huffy. He was on, like, his, you know, high-dollar fancy bike. And he's probably thinking, who the hell is this kid? These guys became good friends with him and been hanging out with him ever since. They can't, uh, they can't seem to get rid of me, so. Well, I, I heard some rumors that you're yeah. talking about riding Daytona 2020, the Daytona TT. Are you going to come and uh, try some flat track with us? I'd like to. I mean, that's, that's, that's my, you know, that's like an – a goal of mine is it gonna happen i don't know am i gonna try to make it happen absolutely um it's just a matter of me getting some more seat time and stuff like that um this weekend i'm gonna do some indoor stuff and um it's mainly for me just just getting seat time you know daytona being a tt it kind of works in my favor a little bit show me out on a mile Whew, better hold on dude because a guy like me yeah <laughs> Well, no, I look I look forward to meeting you, and I heard you're the funniest guy on the on the whole tour. So I look forward to meeting you one day. Maybe we'll see you at Daytona. Vandekoy, I heard you trained a whole lot for this ride. Can you talk me through your training regimen? Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, leading into the last round of the American Flat Track Series, I was, you know, ready to go. So I just figured, you know, let's keep this keep it going. So got bush light on 
sponsorship with me and we started training pretty hard um but yeah it led me in the whole month afterwards all the way to the bicycle trip so we got about within the three weeks that i knew about this we got about 100 miles in of training um so other than that it was just kind of winging it per se but you know it's off season so let's have some fun 100 miles of bush light huh yeah you know it's couple cases down here and there um per week so um other than that it was just let's uh let's have some fun and uh worry about the bike ride when it's there i knew like what the circumstances was it was gonna suck no matter what and within three weeks why start training now exactly i mean why jump into it so brandon robinson Corey just said you're the first one to jump on board you ride bikes a whole lot um were you worried at all about this ride Ah, uh, man. Me personally, not really. I mean, I put some miles in, so I kind of knew what I was getting into, but not going to lie, I was pretty scared to do me. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, so I was kind of a little nervous about, uh, you know, the other three boys besides me and Corey, cause like I said, we're the ones that ride the most, but that constant pedal and that constant seat time, and, you know, my butt was hurting. That was the biggest thing. My legs didn't really feel bad, but, man, my gooch was killing me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't even imagine. Man, it was a big group effort. The boys put in the work, and we looked after each other on the ride, and then we pushed through. And when someone was struggling, we helped them, and you know we made it happen. So that was Brandon. So we got Chad Coast. Chad, did you fly in from California just to come down here and pedal down the the East Coast, or what? Yeah, you know I uh, well I stay in Pennsylvania for the race season, but uh, when. Uh, when I heard about it, I wanted to be a part of it, and I didn't know, you know. It, I was kind of in the same boat as Jared, you know, but uh, I thought I could do it. Uh, but I don't know. You don't, you never know till you till you uh, till you attack it. But I uh, I was excited to be a part of it. Obviously, what the cause was for was great. So uh, I, I definitely wanted to be involved. I thought it was a great idea. So, Julian, you got talked into driving the van, and you had to put up with Chris Carter the entire week. How, how did you get looped in this big mess? <laughs> uh, pretty much how I get roped into any Corey Texter endeavor. I just have to mention it in conversation. So, um, basically, we were at Corey's house, and uh, I said, uh, hey, man, you should, uh, you should probably look into getting a chase truck driver, and then all of a sudden I'm in. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how that went down. And uh, now nah, Chris is great, man. I wouldn't, couldn't ask for a better co-pilot. It was uh, tons of conversation, no dead air. I mean, we talked about everything from motorcycles to to whatever, and uh, it, it was a good time. Definitely looking forward to the next one. <laughs> All right. So, Julian, how did you know Corey? Uh, I met Corey probably a little over a year ago. I don't know where it was, Williams Grove or whatever it was. Got talking about some stuff. Got talking about the Sixers, hit up some Sixers games, and then uh, just been friends ever since. And then um, I helped Corey out once in a while at, at some of the races during the year. So um, been hanging out ever since. And, uh, you know, it's cool hanging out. And just thought I'd help out with this one, too, and uh, glad I did. Yeah, that's cool. And last but not least will be Chris Carter, <laughs> who everybody on the podcast knows is my partner in crime. But, Carter, how did Corey Texter 
talk you into going on this epic journey, 580 miles. Oh yeah, I talked about it a little bit uh, last episodes when, where we said this was uh, this was coming up here, but you know we had just got done doing that championship interview and uh, was just you know sending him the link to that episode, and I just asked him who who was who was documenting it for him, and he said, "Why don't you do it?" <laughs> so I just had to make sure that my schedule was clear that I could you know go down there for the week, but it was a no brainer. Like uh, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity that I'll never regret. Amazing week with these guys and uh, so inspiring. Like no no bullshit. I got up this morning and I biked 20 miles on my stationary bike, which I haven't done <laughs> in like 10 years. So how sore are you, Car- How sore are you after that 20 mile ride? Oh, I've been like crying the rest of the day. I've been hurting all day, but I mean, <laughs> it, it's it it was badass. Um, no, we loved it. So it's great, dude. It was an amazing week down the coast of Florida, um, and I won't forget it anytime soon. It was great. So um, I say we go through the days and and kind of talk through. I think uh, the first one we started here in Jacksonville. Uh, it was right up the road from where I live, so it was very convenient for me. Um, we started in Jacksonville, and we biked 86 miles the first day. You went to Ormond Beach, so yeah. the very first day. Who's struggling on the very first day? Did anybody struggle? <laughs> Mr. Bush Light, are you struggling on day one, or are you all right? Man, day one was, uh, that was cool. yeah, that was the reality check right there, that my ass is not ready for to be on the saddle. It was uh it wasn't even it wasn't even the lungs. It was just uh, I was I wasn't mentally ready for it. wasn't Honestly, wasn't physically ready for it. The legs were hurting. Ass was killing me. Yeah, was not prepared for this. And uh, right then and there, I was like, Hey, we biked to Brandon Robinson's house as our first stop after the first day was over. And I'm like, Hey, my van's here. I can just drive home now. <laughs> Did did any of the other guys think that Vandercoy would make it, or did you think he wouldn't make it? What what'd you think after day one? Man, day one was tough. I uh, it was the toughest day I think, and we all were expecting it to be like a warm up, but it was 86 miles of headwind, and that was just unexpected. And around it was probably 10 miles to go, and I looked at Jared, and when Jared gets tired. He, he doesn't just, like, get quiet. He gets grumpy. So he was, like, he was just, like, ready to explode. And I was, like, man, you got this. Like, keep pedaling, home stretch. My favorite motto is, is just home stretch. It could be 20 miles away, but if somebody's tired, my, my, my motivational, like, speech is, hey, man, home stretch, home stretch. And, um, <laughs> now, once we got through that, I was, like, Man, like we have a couple of days where we're going 115 miles. This was only 86. Like, I really don't know how we're gonna do this. But I don't know. At the same time, I knew, I knew every mile we were doing, it was something new we were seeing. So the guys might find motivation in that. But I was like a little worried after day one because it wasn't just it wasn't just Jared. Honestly, to be fair, it was all of us. I mean. I cycled quite a bit, and and day one took a lot out took a lot out of me, and um, I knew the other boys were were struggling too, and it we yeah, it was just day one, so it was like, oh shit, we're we're in for it. So Noah, how tough was day one for you? Uh, honestly, I felt pretty good at the end. I was I was surprised. Not to not to sound, I mean, definitely my you know, my butt cheek hurt a little bit, but at the finish, I was. I think Carter's got it on film. I was hyping, I was screaming and yelling and carrying on and having a good time. But it was definitely one of the tougher days, like we said, with the headwind and everything. And I thought I was going to have to stop at Walmart and get, like, some pegs for my bike for Jared to ride on the back because he was <laughs> He was hurt. <laughs> he was hurt. And I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a long – even Chad, like, 
I mean, it was tough on everybody, really. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't say I was, like, dead, but I was like, man, what did I sign up for? This is quote for quote, Noah says, I feel like a million bucks. <laughs> That's yeah, what I heard. I, uh, That's what I heard. Yeah, no, I mean, like, like I said, I, I did feel good. Uh, my legs felt great. Noah's so and, full uh, of shit. He was hurting way more than he makes it out to be. He just doesn't want to tell anybody. So day um, two was up next from Ormond Beach. You go to Melbourne. And I heard, Noah, I heard you took a spill on day two. What what happened there? Dude, I think I crashed because I was so excited, honestly. I don't know. I saw them at the – it wasn't even a finish. It was like the lunch spot. I was hyped. I was like, yeah. And Chad said to me, he's like, man, squid finish, squid finish. And it wasn't even a finish. Like I said, it was lunch. So <laughs> um, I got my hands off the bars, and I'm cranking down, and I'm probably doing like 30. And um, I swear a big gust of wind came. Everyone else says I'm, I'm, you know, talking out of my ass. But it was definitely a big gust of wind. Came, blew the front end. Next thing I know, I'm like trying to recover from this big gust. I go to grab the bars, and I'm, I'm heading straight off the, the trail down this, like, into this big ravine. It's downhill. It's all overgrown. And I'm like, man, maybe I can save it. Maybe I can save it. Get to the bottom, and it's like a just a big ditch. My front end just ate the ditch, and I went right over the bars. Hit, face hit the pavement on the other side, and it was – the bike was all bent up, and there was a guy actually right across the street that, like, watched the whole thing. And I'm – you know, I'm still – I'm super hyped up. I'm yelling at him. I'm like – did you just see that? And he's like, he was like stuck up. He had his, his jaw was like on the ground, you know, mouth wide open, just like, are you all right? I was like, man, I'm great. I went on right down the road. And I think that honestly pumped, pumped me and everyone else up a more, honestly, because, you know, we were, like I said, we were probably 60 miles in, and that right there kind of hyped everybody up and myself. I was pumped. I don't know why, you know, who crashes and gets pumped, but I was. <laughs> Well, this is day two, and you guys decide to go 100 miles on day number two. They call it a century when you do it on a bicycle. Have all you done a century before in one day? Definitely Absolutely not. not. <laughs> I've done one. I did so, one like three years ago. So how hard is it to mentally prepare yourself to go 100 miles in one day on a bicycle? Sucks. I'd say just <laughs> I don't know if you like one mile prepare yourself mentally. Chad Coase, how did how did the body feel at this point? Well, the body hurt, like, from day one, like everybody said. And uh, by the end of day one, I was joking, like, I would have put $1,000 on uh, Jared wrestling a grizzly bear because, like, his face, like, he was pissed off. And uh, I think what gets lost in all this, like, not necessarily just focusing on day two, but, like, the mental fortitude of everybody to just to get through every single day, knowing how much mileage we had to do every day, and just, like, mentally saying no matter what, we're going to make it. I think that gets lost in it the most. So, like, I mean, I would take Jared and all these guys really over even guys that are in, you know, better physical shape or whatever because it's just so cool how everybody together, like, we got through it. So, like, each day... I think somebody dealt with something different. I know I had my fair share of, uh, of run-ins, and uh, everybody just came together. I think that was the coolest part. But uh, day two was definitely the highlight with Noah going over the bars. He pumped everybody up. At that point, we didn't even think about how much mileage we had to do. It was just like, man, we got a guy that just goes over the bars and uh, gets up with a smile on his face. And, and it, that was pretty cool, honestly. Right on. So, Brandon Robinson, how hard is it to push push through that wall and keep going? I mean, we, we, we found laughter, and that kind of keeps you going for a little bit. But 100 miles on a bicycle, uh, how do you push through that wall, Brandon? 
Man, it's tough. I I actually prepped a little bit more than than I I've, I've ever prepped in my life or anything. I think I just uh, I actually did three centuries the week before just to get in the frame of mind of what I had to go through. And uh, it was funny because like Chad was calling me and Jared was calling me. I was like telling them all about it and like what to expect and this and that. And and it was cool because we were making game plans of like all right, we need to make stops to make sure everyone makes it through. And then. That whole crash with Noah, dude, that just, like, the morale went through the roof after he got up smiling and laughing, dude. It was it was probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And it just, uh, I don't know, it made, the, it made the day just go by. It was like, all right, you know what, we got, we got five guys who are not going to give up. It don't matter how much we're hurting, you know, we're going to push through. And if there's a crash or whatever the obstacle is, five tires, you know, we just we just kept pushing through. And, and it, was, it was badass, to be honest. So, Julian, what was the plan for driving the van? I mean, did you, did you guys have to follow close by with the van, or do you, you keep them in your sights, or what was the plan uh, leading into this trip? The plan in the beginning was kind of to hang back and then let them go and and uh, catch up with them and stuff. But mainly we, we stayed behind them most of the time and kept them in sights, and uh, we were actually tracking each other on a couple different apps and stuff just so we knew where everybody was. And, um you know, stay stay far enough behind them to give them some room, but also keep the traffic back and stuff like that and in case we had, a, you know, any repairs and stuff like that. But um, we'll talk about it later. But that, day, day five was probably the most stressful for me driving uh, single lanes and stuff like that. But other than that, yeah, just, just keeping them all in sights and keeping everybody safe. So you guys are on public roads, so you could stay right with the bicycles. Is that right? Or you guys on trails? Or how'd that work out? Yeah, I'd say 90, 90% of the time we were we were on public roads. They took a couple bike trails, uh, but it wasn't wasn't too far where we didn't like really know where they were at. Like I said, we were tracking them anyway. So, um, but most of the time we were on public roads. Yeah. Right on. So, so day three we go from Melbourne, 114 miles to Palm Beach Shores, and you actually stay at Corey's friend Chris Shank. So. How did you plan all this out, Corey, where you knew where you wanted to stay? And, and how did Shank get involved in this deal? Yeah, everything we did was self-funded. So every dime, every penny we raised through this, it, it all it's all gone back to the riders. So we all split the hotels. You know, I paid for the gas in the van. I got some sponsors to put up some um, some tubes and CO2, Roswell Bicycles, and Go Pivot. They helped us out there. But it was all self-funded. And, you know, the, the, the points fund for – American Flat Track Series and the production twins class isn't that great. So we tried to save money whenever we could. And I have a buddy in West Palm Beach, actually one of my one of my best friends, Chris. So I, I tried to tried to look in places like Brandon let us stay with him and then we stayed with Chris Shang, my buddy, and then we stayed with D Johnson from These Leathers later in the trip. And just tried to make it cost efficient. Noah was giving me shit because every hotel we went to had like a Starbucks and like it was a Hilton or Marriott, and I swear those were the cheapest hotels. I didn't plan it that way. We looked like a bunch of idiots walking into the Hilton in Miami. Everyone's in suits and suit and ties, and there's pilots walking around. And we come in in our bibs, shirtless, no shoes. Um, but just tried to plan it so it was cost efficient for us, and we could use all the money we 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 raised for uh, for the for the guys that we were doing it for. And, and real so, fast, Scotty, I just want to point out yeah. that Chad said mental fortitude. That was the biggest word I've heard on this whole trip. I've been waiting to kind of chirp that one out, um, I, I, Chad, with the big I don't words. E- I don't even know what it means. <laughs> yeah, that was that's, uh, that made me laugh. I was like, what do you say? Mental fortitude. <laughs> I was, yeah, that's why I had to point that right, out. Quick. Right on. 
So at the end of day three, Carter, you got to meet Chris Shank, and you said when you walked in, he stopped you and said you weren't leaving the house unless you gave him some off-the-groove stickers. So, uh, you know, he, he, he's definitely a listener of our podcast. He's a big fan, man. He said uh, he's got about an hour drive to and from work every day, so he listens to the episode religiously every week. So, yeah, he was like, uh, I hope you got some stickers on you because you ain't leaving until I get some stickers. And when I gave him the stickers, Scotty, you would have loved him, man. He had an ear-to-ear grin. He was uh, showing his wife. He's like, I got stickers. So, yeah, it, as you know at the track, you love meeting fans and handing out those stickers. So good people overall all right so let's move on to day number four We're leaving at 7 a.m in the morning heading on down to miami beach 779 almost 80 miles on this day the gofundme refunds twelve thousand dollars to everyone who donated so what's going through everybody's mind right now i mean are we doing this for nothing i mean what are we thinking about let's go with uh Bandicoy. You're, you've had a rough time so far, and now we just find out we might be losing all the money. So how do you stay focused on your job? Just to start day four, it was uh, tough on the body, mentally tough. Everything was just beat down. We know we just had another 80 miles, which we knew 80 miles was one of our shorter days, but it was still like, all right, we got, we still got to do 80 miles, so let's get it going. We're getting dressed. I get an email. My, my refund uh, – got back to me. Shana texts me her refund. I'm like, what's going on? I go to Corey and all of a sudden his phone's blowing up. Everyone's phone's blowing up. And get this, like we're, we're getting dressed to go ride. We're like, what are we doing? Like, come on, like trying to figure this out. Carter stepped up huge, him and Julian, uh, making phone calls, trying to figure stuff out. So we took off on the, the bicycles and, uh, it was just like, man, what are we even you know, we're, we got to finish this, you know, like we came here to do something. We're going to figure it out. And it was just kind of like Carter and Julian kind of kept us, you know, mentally there to, you know, keep going striving for the ride. And we ended up finishing and, and uh, figuring it out somewhat, you know, and everyone donated it again. Uh, thank God. And uh, we're actually surpassed our goal where we even were right then. Right on. So Chad, how's morale now on day number four? It, man, it was like a seesaw. There was highs and lows. and I mean, to be honest, the beginning of the day four sucked for everybody. Like, you know, some of us were, like, holding back tears because we knew what it meant. And, uh, and like, it was just, like, the exhaustion was sit- setting in. And then this happened, and we're like, man, you know, we, we didn't know if we were going to, you know, ride the rest of it or, or maybe get in the van and try to figure it out and then, you know, turn around and go back to where uh, – where we left off so i mean it it was low but but it was it was was only for a minute like i think we all got reminded pretty quickly like what we were doing um you know we had obstacles in front of us the whole way and at every at every one we got over it you know so um it was it was just another obstacle obviously unforeseen and, and it was kind of unfortunate but i think uh in the big picture it kind of makes sense you know like um what this is for it's just like we weren't going to let it stop us and uh eventually you know by the end of it we were you know laughing and everything but more than anything just determined to to make it right and uh it actually kind of motivated us to to do more like we were like okay well you know this happened we lost this much money and and now i'm pretty sure we are uh we've surpassed what we originally had i think i'm not 100 percent sure but uh and i know by the end of it we'll probably have more than than what we originally raised. So, you know, you throw something at us, and we're going to come back swinging even harder. So, um, so yeah, the morale took a punch to the gut, but we kept kept pushing. Corey, what does it say about the people that contributed 
to reach back in their pocket and have to give it back. I mean, what does that say about the people that are helping you guys out? Oh, it's just the flat track family in general. Yeah, like like Chad said, the morale was was so low, and and I I took a lot of it. I took it hard, honestly, and, and a lot of the times on this trip, you know, I felt I felt like I I was really struggling mentally with different things, trying to plan it all, trying to raise raise the money, and you know, a lot of the times I just was I was hard on the guys, and that's something that that I feel bad about. I mean, I'm I'm super passionate about everything I do, and. Sometimes I let it get the best of me, but this this ride was so important to me, and raising this money was was huge for me. I mean, it was it was it was really important, and to to lose that money was heartbreaking. And at the same time, like you know, I'm talking to Julian and Carter. They're like, "Hey, man, we got to we got to get this fixed." And I'm like, "Man, we got to keep going too. Like, we got to do both. We got to get it fixed, but we got to keep going because if not, you know, it's gonna feel empty for us and." For everybody who donated initially, like we got to keep going, and I'm so thankful for Chris and Julian. You know, they let us ride our bikes on that day. We figured out almost all the problems we had, and then yeah, everyone was so supportive, and it was um man, it was just so stupid. Like if, if you didn't if you didn't if you didn't pull out money in 30 days, GoFundMe re they refund everybody who don- who donated to a cause. And there was no warning of this, nothing. We just got, like Jared said, we got all those emails. And I was, you know, it was it was crazy how it happened. I would have never have thought it would have happened like that. And, um, you know, I take a lot of the blame for that because it was just something that I, you know, it was on my shoulders. So doing that ride, the first 20 miles, I was devastated and just kept pedaling, man, mile after mile. And like Chad said, by the end of it, we were in Miami and, having having a great time and yeah i really appreciate chris and julian more so on on the on day four than any other day for what they were able to do and allowing us to just uh, focus on on riding so that was that was really cool right on so julian what was it like for you and carter in the chase van well like everybody said in the in the beginning you know we're like oh man what are we going to do what are you going to do and then you know we just tried to keep keep those guys kind of calm and get them on the road and like Corey said, Carter got on the horn, and we were trying to figure stuff out. And we got on social, and we were blasting every every social media outlet we could, and every group we were on, and and everything else, just letting everybody know like what the story was, texting people, and um, I think we even called the news at some point, just letting everybody know what was going on. And almost immediately, like the donations were coming back as soon as we got the link kind of squared. Well, Carter got the link kind of squared away, and then. Um, Ever since then, like almost immediately, people were giving back, and it just shows you know how much people care. And uh, it was a little stressful at first, but you know, at the end of the day, I think I think we had a, some comfort there, knowing that uh, it, it was gonna gonna be all right in the end. Right on. So day number five, we go 115 miles from Miami to Marathon. So let's go back to Jared Vandekoy, Mister Sponsored by Bush Light. How how are you feeling right now, going into day number five? Uh, after after overcoming day four and all the mental stuff there, it was just kind of like, all right, let's you know, let's get this over with. We only have we went through four days. We have two days left, so it was kind of a let's let's just get it done. You know, it was more of a mental aspect more than physical at this point, honestly. And uh, we had we had some good wind that helped us out. It's a long ride. We were you know six hours in the saddle of constantly pushing pretty dang hard so you know the guys those guys uh, really helped me through it and also you know just thinking w- why we're doing it and uh, what we're raising money for is uh 
it kind of, you know, made the time go by even even quicker, you know. It was kind of like, uh, you know, it was, it was, it's pretty emotional, honestly, you know. Four of our really good buddies, and you know, and we're a big family, so to, to get it done for these guys was huge. I, I would have to agree with everything you said right there. Noah, you're just a couple of days off of falling off the ground, and then I hear you find a balloon on day number five, so tell me about what happened there. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think it was on a real estate sign. It was knocked over in the middle of the street. It was like a big yellow smiley balloon. And um, I stopped real quick in the street, and Chad was behind me, and he's yelling, grab that balloon, grab that balloon. And um, so I jump off the bike, and he's holding the bike for me. I rip off the balloon, and we tied it on there. And um, I think I rode with it for probably, I'd say probably 15, 20 miles. I mean, I was cranking down on it um, all through traffic. It was funny because I was telling them, like, we came up to a red light and, you know, weaving in and out of traffic and the balloons, like, swinging around, hitting on people's cars and stuff. <laughs> and then finally I, I tried to take it off and put it in the van, and um, I let it slip, and she, she flew off. So. Oh, it man. It was definitely thought, funny, yeah. <laughs> I thought you had a souvenir from the trip, but I guess not. So, Brad Robinson, you had some serious crosswinds on, on this day. Uh, tell us how you get through that deal. Man, the crosswind was unreal. We had a pretty decent tailwind for a while, and then all of a sudden, you know, we just we turn into it, and it's like, holy crap, man, we're we're getting damn near blown off the road, and we go up this bridge, and it feels like we're just climbing climbing a bridge to heaven, dude. Just kept on going, and the wind was gnarly, and I just uh, I'm like, hey boys, we got an echelon, so I got in the middle of the road, right on the center line, and we peeled off and tried to help one another get through the wind as much as possible, and Man, it was it got kind of scary. The water was blowing so much that it was actually blowing all the way from the left side of the road all the way into us. Sometimes it was freaking nuts. But um, man, it was a uh, it was wild. We just had to keep pushing through, keep rotating, taking turns, and then helping one another along the way. So not only did you have the crosswinds too, Brandon, but it's raining a little bit. So you mentioned it's kind of like you're talking about some drafting, like you're on a mile. So you guys have to work together to get through the wind and the and the and the water. Oh, definitely. I mean. The wind's the worst part. The rain, you know, it sucks, but, you know, it, it's bad because you get wet and you're you're in wet bibs and your shoes are wet and they're getting heavy and it's just kind of holding you back. But that wind is the worst thing in the world, man. You get a 15-mile-an-hour a crosswind or something, it'll it'll literally move you across the lane. Like, it'll push you from the center line all the way off the road if you if you let it. And, uh, yeah, we just had to, to buckle down and, and went a little slower that section, but we're helping one another and, and breaking that wind and, and trying not to let someone get pulled too long and get too tired. And it was kind of a, a pretty cool teamwork aspect. You know, it was cool. I think Carter got some video of us just, like, swapping in and out and rotating the entire time. And it was, it was uh, like I said, kind of like drafting on a mile. But instead of racing each other, you're working together. To piggyback off of what Brandon said, we work together most of the day. But <laughs> I think, like Noah commented in one of the videos Carter shot that, like, like by like day five, we, we felt like we were monsters. Like we were kind of, we overcame like the physical point of it. And it was like mentally, we, I think we were getting stronger and like everybody was feeling themselves on day five. Like even I was, and I knew I probably wasn't in the best shape of the group and the whole ride. Noah's just egging on Corey, trying to sprint race him. And, you know, Brandon's in good shape, obviously. So me and Jared are kind of like, man, uh, this pace is getting picked up pretty quick. And, uh, and hey, like so you, yeah, dude. we we <laughs> we all we all were uh, we all worked together. But uh, I mean, 
there was one point where it was like a free-for-all, which was really fun. Like, we all uh, kind of flexed a little bit and started racing each other. Right on. That's cool. So, also, Chad, you had some seat issues on this day. Not a good day to have an issue with your bicycle. Yeah. Um, me and Noah, at one point, I believe it was day five, we switched bikes, and, like, he uh, uh, made really liked it. He's like, hey, we, we should just change seats. And, you know, Noah being the guy, he's like, yeah, bro, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll change seats. And so I tried uh, tried taking his off, and, like, my mechanical skills fell short, and we had to get going. So, like, I kind of put my, my seat back on, and it was it was just it was a nightmare. Like, I felt like I was, like, on a low-rider bicycle. Like, I was sliding off the back of this thing. Yeah, so that sucked. I had to stop like a couple times and, and adjust it, but it was it was it was a nightmare and it wasn't ideal to ride like that. Made my butt hurt more than it already did and put me in a bad put me in a bad mood there for a little while actually, but uh I mean we got through it. Well maybe maybe next year you can take Engelhart and he can ride in the catch van and he can be your mechanic on your bicycle too. Yeah, he uh he is a he's an athlete himself. He runs he runs a lot, bicycles some and uh yeah, we're. Uh, I think you know Corey's already got some ideas for making this thing bigger and better. So I think it's going to be open to some more people. So maybe he'll jump in. All right. Well, don't count me in because I'm. 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 Not, I can't ride more than five miles. But uh, let's talk about something happened to the van, and we're talking about Corey Texter's really nice oh, van. Man. And Carter, uh. what in the world <laughs> happened? Uh, I still feel horrible about this, and I probably will for the rest of my life. So, uh, for anybody that knows Corey, his van is his baby. Like, in we would like leave something in the in the back, and he he would be right on top of you, making you pick it up, which I which I respect, because I mean I, you want to take care of your stuff. So I think it was right towards the end of day five, we pulled up along a guardrail um, just before a bridge, so I can get a shot of them rolling by, getting on this big bridge. And I barely, barely cracked the door in the wind. Wind gust just took it and flung it out of my hand. And it, yeah, it hit the rail pretty hard. I can't, I can't even explain how bad I felt about it. And I look over at Julian and Julian was trying to be nice. He was like, it's probably not that bad. It's okay. It's okay. And then he got out and looked at it and it was not okay. Not okay. It was not okay. And it was... It was the most painful part of the trip for me, and I still can't I have a hard time talking about it. But I appreciate Julian trying to make me feel good for a little bit. And to be honest, Corey took it really well. Um, he better be honest about how much it costs because I want to make sure that I cover that and that he, none of that comes out of his pocket because I still feel bad and I always will about it. But, uh, but yeah, that was the lowest point of the week for me because I had to tell Corey about it. Um, we, I told him at the end of the day, and he took it pretty well, surprisingly. Well, that's good. All right. So that was, what, day number five. So we're, this is our last night together before our final day. The final day we go from Marathon to Key West. How are we feeling right now? I mean, you can see the, the finish lines in sight. Noah, how are you feeling right now? I don't know. Corey had high hopes. He wanted to leave at, like, 5.30 something to get over the bridge early. So I, uh, I woke up at the uh, ass crack of dawn. Jared had this big speaker, and we started playing lay on some Eminem like super loud. I think it was Eminem. It was something. Some old school throwback stuff. And I'm like nothing but my underwear. And it's pitch black outside. And I'm standing out front of Corey's window. And he's, the lights are off. It's like 5.30. He said he was going to be up, but he was sleeping. So I'm outside of his window dancing with this speaker, blasting the music. Then I walk in and I get like 
two feet away from him, and I mean, the, the music's cranked, and I'm dancing, and real quick, he, like, jumps up and, like, kicks, like, tries to kick me, and I dodge it real quick, and he just, like, nips my hand, and we bolt it out. <laughs> so that's, that's what, like, started off the day. I was like, well, Corey's mad. Let's get going. So, yeah, you know, we suited up. We went over the bridge. Uh, we, we did get an early start, early start the most days. Felt like a long day because, you know, we were getting closer and closer and closer to the finish line. Like like anything, you know, the last, like, 10 minutes just feels like forever because you've been on this bike for so long and you finally want to finish. And um, But, I mean, I, it was it was definitely a – day six was cool because we had a good tailwind and definitely saw some cool sights. I, I got to let it hang out of, over some of the bridges with Corey, which was pretty fun. Some of those bridges you get going like 40, 45 mile an hour over the bridge, which gets wow. a little scary at times, but it was pretty cool to do that. So I, I enjoyed uh, day six a lot. It was pretty cool. Right on. So, Julian, I heard this was the hardest day for you. I, I, I guess there's not a lot of room for bikes going down into the Keys, and then you're driving this big van. So tell me about your day. Well, day five was the toughest for me, uh, going to marathon. But, uh, yeah, that the, the seven-mile bridge was tough because it's – they can't where those guys couldn't ride on the shoulder. There's, you know, there's a ton of debris and rocks and stuff. And so they had, they kind of had to ride in the lane Well, literally had to ride in the lane. So just like day five, day six, we had to stay like, give them enough room to get ahead. So if somebody did want to, I was waving people the whole day and um, give them enough room in front of us where if a car wanted to pass, they can pass, but still see those guys. And you're like white knuckling the steering wheel, even though we're only going 20, 25 miles an hour, you know, but, um, it was it was kind of stressful those one laners, but um, but no, it was uh, it was all right. Like I said, we tried to uh, give them enough room and keep everybody comfortable. Well, I heard Julian that you really love the Florida drivers. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, I really don't like New Jersey drivers, but Florida's kind of right there with them. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I, just, I'll leave it at that. All right, I was gonna say. I mean, when, when you can't <laughs> see over the steering wheel and you got blue hair, I don't think you need to be driving a car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right on. So last day, Corey, we've had a long week. What was it like when you saw the finish line? Man, I, it was awesome. Uh, the last two days, we were really pushing, and and like uh, like they said, we were starting to get frisky, and 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 I'm super content, like just chilling, unless like somebody else like eggs me on or they start to flex a little. And Noah was the biggest agitator ever, and he just kept screwing me, screwing with me, and like. Before I knew it, like, we literally just rode 500 miles on a bicycle, and we're, like, 30 miles, 40 miles from the finish, and we're averaging, like, 30-some mile an hour. It's, like, it's like we're not even, like, we're just trying to, like, I don't know. We got really frisky, and, and Jared was like, hey, man, let's let's enjoy this last little part. So the last, you know, four or five miles, we, we took the pace down, and, and we started to really just, like, realize what we, have done, we, we had done and, and tried to enjoy it as much as possible, and um, you know, for me, um, you know, I had a lot of doubts on the, on the outside, really, that our whole group could finish it. But my number one goal, it, it was, you know, it was just finishing as a group and coming across and seeing that big-ass buoy, uh, the southernmost point. And as we rolled up to that, it was, uh, it was super emotional um, for me. You know, I, it started off as an idea, you know, and for me, like, I'm always the kind of guy, like, when I say I'm going to do something, we're, come hell or high water, we're going to do this damn thing. And just coming on there with five five wide with four of my best friends and for what we were doing it for it, it was super emotional and I was super proud of the guys I was with and super thankful that they uh, they put up with me for as long as they did and 
super thankful for Julian and, and Chris for everything they did. I mean, dude, like Julian, he took off work for a whole week, you know, and he, just for him to come do this with us and everybody that supported it, it, it was rad. And all the all the people there visiting the buoy, so like we're coming up to the finish and there's all these people cheering and hollering. And Chad and me, we both thought like, holy shit, all these people like came to see us. And then we, we totally didn't even like realize, oh, they're probably here to see like this big buoy thing. <laughs> they're cheering and hollering. And uh, I threw back a land shark, just chalked a land shark, just threw it right back. And it was uh, it was a really cool moment for for all of us. And we played We Are the Champions, and it was just uh, it was just cool, man. The uh, the atmosphere was awesome, and yeah, it was it was really really cool finish. And Vandercoy, you got a you got a flat tire one mile away. Were there any concerns about you not making it to the finish line? I didn't care if I had a flat tire or not. Um, I was going to throw that bicycle on my shoulder and climb on Brandon Robinson's back. We were finishing. It was. Uh, I know. <laughs> we were we were making. We came that far. We were making it. So. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but just going into that last day, it was like I was feeling really good that night. I threw back a couple beers, was feeling pretty loose, and I uh, got a good night's sleep with the guys. Me and Brandon cuddled up in bed. Um, yeah, it was just uh, early morning. Um, Noah got us all jazzed up to get to finish, and uh, Corey Flexer himself, him and Noah. Noah's just like an ox, so they just kind of flex on each other, but Noah didn't even know it. That was just how strong he is. But we made it to the finish pretty pretty sound and easy. Um, yeah, it was a good tailwind, and uh, it was an enjoyable last ride. So you're at the very finish line. You stay at Dee's house from Dee's Leathers. How was that experience? I mean, she's been around flat track longer than you guys have been alive. So, Brandon Robinson, did you even know Dee before he got down there? I've, I've known her. I, I, you know, the very first set of leathers I ever got, he made them for me for my first custom too, so that's actually pretty cool. And then I think even for a lot of us, we've all worn these throughout the years at some point in our career, so it's pretty cool to, to hang out at her place and, and hear all her stories and, and all the background that she's got in, in the flat track world. And, and uh, that was just rad in general just to be around her and, and, uh, and Larry, and uh, it was a good time. You know, I, I got to meet her a couple of times. Um, you know, she was good friends with Brent Armbruster, so obviously you know, me and Brent have been tight the last few years working together. and. Yeah, it was just it was cool. So like I said, I've, I've met her, had her at the races with me a couple times, and then just to be down there and hang out in a, in a casual environment was awesome. Right on. So Chad, we made it to the finish line. How how gratifying was it to you? I asked Corey that just a moment ago. How gratifying was it to make it to the finish, Chad? I was so pumped up. It was uh, like you know we all we all had I guess some some doubt you know over the course of the six days like we uh we just kept getting over that next obstacle like I commented on before so like I don't know the last day for me was like the hardest I think because I was just thinking like you know at this point 60 miles was like it, it's like kind of easy well like I haven't rode 60 miles in my life before this uh before this trip so like it was uh it wasn't that easy and and like the last two days the pace was the pace was like pretty high for for a lot of the ride and i'm looking down asking everybody hey how many miles left how many miles left and it was like it, it seemed like the finish wasn't getting any closer and and jared was like man I, when i can't wait till i see the first key west sign it was like every sign we passed was so-and-so key so-and-so key but it wasn't key west so once we got into town that's when it started to sink in and like few miles to go like we were all just getting pretty jazzed up and uh 
you know, Vandercoy got his flat, and we're like, no way. And uh, we just, you know, shot some CO2 in there to, to get it across the finish. And, um, yeah, there was a bunch of people at the buoy at the very end. And uh, I thought, like, you know, secretly Carter and Julian had rounded up some people and uh, and kind of, <laughs> like, gave us a little, a little uh, some fans at the end. But they were all just there taking pictures. And I was like, oh, man, I thought they were all here for us. <laughs> But, uh, no, it was cool. It was a super gratifying thing and uh, something that I don't know if we all – I don't even know if it's really sink in. Like, during this drive home, it started to kind of sink in. Like, wow, this is a pretty big accomplishment. Just just accepting the challenge in itself without knowing for sure if you could do it and having that, that drive to do it for, for what the cause is for, I think, is pretty cool. Like, you know, so I'm just – I'm happy we all accepted the challenge, and then I'm happy that we all together got through it. And uh, obviously, Julian and Carter were a big part of that, and all of us being such good friends. Um, you know, like we all had highs and lows. We all were bummed at times, and we all, you know, we were all excited at times. So at the end, I think it was just all the emotions came together, and it's like winning a race. You know, it hits you, and it's like, whoa, this is so cool. And then, you know, the days after, it, when you get to, take the drive home and think about it. That's when it all starts to sink in. So it started to hit me today and getting the text from my family and friends and, and seeing all the support on, uh, on social media for all the riders that were injured. Uh, that's, that's what, that's what means the most to all of us. So super gratifying. Right on. So Corey, when you guys got to Key West, you know, you had to celebrate, you said you already threw down a land shark, but did you guys get to enjoy Key West at all? Yeah, we, um, <laughs> we had fun, of course. <laughs> Um, when five dirt trackers go out in general, it's pretty reckless. So, but <laughs> I mean, we had beers every night. I'm not going to lie. Um, Noah had a quite, quite a few more. Noah and Jared had quite a few more than we did. But when it came to the Key West, yeah, it, it was awesome. I've never been to Key West. So I've been everywhere pretty much except like, man, I, I've never been to Alaska and I've never been to Key West. So like I was excited for it. But, yeah, it, it was fun. We, we, there's definitely a lot of video footage. I don't even know what I can talk about, really, and what I can't talk about. But, yeah, I'll, I'll drop a hint. We definitely, um, you know, we got to see how fast Julian was in, uh, in his attempt of chasing Chad across the road, uh, up and down the road. So that, that's something you guys will have to, uh, have to look forward to. Well, I can't wait to see that and check it out. So, Corey, still available. People can still donate, right? How, how can we do that? At this point, yes, you can donate. Um, I don't know where we're going to be at because we're getting money every minute. So I don't know where we're going to be at by the time this gets posted. So uh, once I get to 15000 I'm going to, you know, I, I think we're going to probably end it. And the goal was 10000 And once we get to fifteen, um, that that's been our goal all along. I want to get that money out to the injured riders because they need it. They need it right now. It was cool for us to do it for our peers, you know, giving money and um, and donating items. That's that's special, and we do that quite often. But to do something of this magnitude, it brought a lot of unity, not even just with us, but the whole flat track community. Everybody was behind us, and it was just a cool, unique way of raising money, and it's really special. So just a shout-out to everybody that, that donated. And, man, a lot of people really emptied their wallets for this, and it, it, it was super awesome to see. Right on. Noah Chambers, I look forward to seeing you down at Daytona 2020. Uh, you got any final thoughts on, on this entire experience? Yeah. Um, I just want to say 
like Corey said, I want to thank everybody uh, for, for donating everything like that. This trip was truly something, uh, something special. It was uh, definitely not easy. As much as I like to say it was, it's definitely, you know, there was tough times. And I'm glad I got to do it with these guys, you know, going out. <laughs> I had a couple crazy nights, that's for sure. You know, like I said, you everybody that's listening to this is going to have to go watch the footage that uh, it gets put out, man. It's going to be like a small video series because, man, we got so much great footage between the last night out in uh, Key West. I know I got a little tuned in. And I, honestly, I mean, I got, I got kind of tuned in every night. I'm not even going to lie. So, um, like Daytona, I'm thinking, let's go out to Razzles. Miami, let's go out. We're in Marathon. Well, heck, let's go out. And then, you know, next thing you know, we're in Q. So I'm trying to get after it every night and just keep the morale high. And that's literally, I just kept telling myself, man, no matter what, if, if I'm hurting, just get them stupid thoughts out of my head, dig through it. You know, like, like Corey said, these are, you know, some of my best friends here, and I'm glad I could do it with these guys and just, it was a time in my life I truly enjoyed it. And it definitely brought us all closer, and, you know, everyone was so supportive of it. It was really cool, really cool. And uh-huh. I look forward to meeting you down in Daytona. Sounds good, man. It's a deal. Brandon Robinson, what's your final thoughts on this entire adventure? Yeah, man, just to emulate what everyone else is saying, it's just a super gratifying experience. And uh, there wasn't, there's not six other guys I would have rather done this entire trip with, man. It was like the perfect group, you know, five good friends and, just had a great time and, you know, pushing each other and, you know, having a little fun afterwards. And uh, it was just good. You know, like I said, we all support each other and, and not just the ride itself and accomplishing it, but for what we did it for the guys that we did it for, you know, it's just, uh, it helps bring the whole flat truck community together. And it was a, it was a great experience. And then just to see all the support on social media and, and everyone donating the money, it's just, it's amazing. So um, just, right. it's, it's for the guys, for Monaco, Brindley, Addison and Higgins. It's just, it just means a lot that we accomplished it and then, you know, we're able to get back and help those guys out. Van Decoy, what's your, your final thoughts? It was a great week. You know, it was, uh, you know, it was a challenge for itself and uh, to realize what we were doing it for, you know, I, I, I can't hardly think of, you know, four other guys in the paddock that would have appreciated them even more and the families that would appreciate even more, you know, there are four families down to earth that are uh, in need of help and, you know, I'm just proud of our flat track family for gathering together and uh, rallying some money up to these guys. And, uh, you know, the, it's not over yet, so let's, uh, let's keep donating. And even if uh, the auction is over, you know, these guys are still going to be needing help for a while. So it's just, uh, I appreciate, you know, Julian and Carter for coming with us and the guys for the work. And, uh, of course, Scotty Dubert for having us on the show. Absolutely. What about you, Chad Coase? Yeah, I uh, I had just as much fun as everybody, and uh, the balancing act of uh, having a good time and uh, and still uh, kind of grinding and, and realizing what this is all for, uh, it's the flat track family, and I think uh, I think it's been this way for for uh, you know a long time, generations, and uh, I'm just honored to be able to be a part of this little group to help carry that on and um, and help bring everybody together and. Uh, yeah, these are these guys are my best friends, and uh, we had a great time. We really did, and uh, it was even fun suffering with them. You know, like looking over and uh, and seeing, you know, seeing that the guy that you care about and love uh, is, is going through the same thing and have the same thoughts in their head, and uh, it it was something that I'll never forget. And uh, the whole trip was it was great, but. Um, you know, obviously, I really can't thank Chris and Julian enough. Like, we, we couldn't have done it without them. Like, 
you know, we're just uh, five racers that uh, kind of were winging things. You know, Corey uh, put some plans in place, but we really kind of just uh, were like, well, I think we can do it. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's it just goes to show when uh, you have an idea, you can really kind of attack it, especially when it's for the right cause, you know, for doing it for – Jeremy and Jr. and um, Oliver and and James, it's uh, it's it was really gratifying. Those guys are our buds. You know, we uh, they're our family. We we get to uh, see them every weekend, and um, you know, to have them injured and and you know fighting their fights, it's we wanted to show them that we're uh, we're gonna fight with them and everybody. We're gonna bring everybody together. And I, like I said, I'm just I'm honored to be a part of it. It was a great time, and uh, I hope. I really hope we can do things like this in the future, uh, which I think I, we can. And, uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. Well said. Julian, what are your final thoughts? Just to touch on what those guys said, I mean, it's uh, it was awesome that they had me along and, you know, what – you know, the little stuff we could do to kind of to kind of get them through their day or whatever. And, 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 you know, these guys are machines. They, you know, they talk about struggling and all, and they it was like every day they got up, and I, I didn't even notice. I mean, they, they were ready to go. Like Noah said, they were blasting radios, and, and, I mean, they got in the zone, and those guys grounded out. And for, and for what they did to, uh, you know, do this for, the, for their buds, you know, uh, it was pretty admirable. It was, it was uh, very inspiring. So, uh, you know. Those guys are great dudes, and, um, you know, like I said, I see them around the track once in a while, but I never got to hang out with them like this, you know, aside from me, Corey, Brandon, once in a while. And, uh, you know, it's great. I mean, you learn a lot about these guys and who they are. And, um, like I said, I'd do it again. I'd do it again tomorrow if I could. So, um, once again, yeah, you know, thanks, thanks to these guys for letting us tag along. Right on. And last but not least, Chris Carter. What's your <laughs> final thoughts? Ah, man, I uh, I could talk about this for days, man, and I will. I'll talk about it, like I said, for the rest of my life. I, Scotty, you know me uh, probably a lot more than anybody in the flat track community does, and you know I'm all about chasing the real, and, and I'm all about real people and, and real situations and, and bringing that out. I think this was one of the most amazing experience I've had since I've joined uh, the flat track community. Uh, I didn't know these guys at all. I knew them as racers. I didn't know them really as people. Uh, I, we've interviewed them on the podcast and you get a little taste for who they are, but spending a week with these guys, you get to know really who they are and, and, and what they're all about. Uh, I'm just honored. I'm honored to be a part of it. Uh, it, it's, it's honestly changed my life. Um, just, just the past week. And I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but, uh, I'm looking at life a completely different way than I did one week ago. And it's because of these guys. Um, the fact that they, they, uh, allowed me in to do this, I, I'm honored. And, uh, it's, it's, it's humbling. It's, it's, it's cool. I'm inspired. Uh, and I can't wait to be a part of it next year. If they do it, I, I'll be talking about it for the rest of my life. I loved it. And I love these guys. It's great. And, uh, I, I think that's the perfect way to end it, man. I, I appreciate all you guys jumping on the line to talk about this. I know you've been, been doing a lot uh, for it. And I know, uh, the flat track community appreciates you guys. Um, I appreciate you guys and thank Thank you so much for letting me be a part of it, guys. Yeah, man, no doubt. Right on. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you, buddy. No problem, dude. (laughs) Something light. (laughs) A little something light. Started again tomorrow. (laughs) I'm in. All right. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate the time. Definitely a big job. Yeah, I definitely appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, man. We'll be in touch. I'll, I'll definitely let you guys know once I start getting that content out here in the next week or so. Roger, Dodger. Love you guys. Love you, Scotty. Right. Peace, guys. Love you, right. boys. See ya. Bye, Love guys. You guys. Later. Peace. Bye, guys. Love you, guys. Later. Love. Big guy. Later. Later.
seven guys, five on bicycles, two in a van, the epic 580. Dude, it was... I can't even put it into words, man. And I'm not lying when I said it was life-changing. I'm looking at what I've done with and what I've done for the community since I've been a small part of it. And uh, this is the most amazing thing I think I could have done. Uh, It's... it, it makes me want to do more of this, more things like this. Um, like we get a taste for who people are, but I think I want to dive in and do spend some time with them on a race weekend, not just five minutes for an interview. Um, the fact that they allowed me in and the way that they allowed me in, I, I got to see, I got, I knew them as racers, but now I know them as people, um, and friends. And it's, you can't put that into words, man. It's, it, <laughs> it feels pretty damn amazing. Right on. I mean, I'm glad you got to go. And, you know, I've known these guys, you know, for a very long time. I, I know them like they're my best buds, and they're, yeah. but there's so many of them. And the flat track community just all sticks together, and they all pull together when they're needed. And, you know, hopefully we don't have to do this for injured riders again next year, but maybe we can do it for another good cause, you right. know, or do it for something else. I mean, like you said, it's getting guys together that are friends anyway for a good cause. But, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we, we stop injuring people in our sport. But, we all know that's never going to happen, but, you know, maybe we can find something else to raise money for or or do something like this. But you know what? These guys pulling together, I can't imagine riding a bicycle that far. I, I, There's no way. I mean, maybe back in the day when I was young and dumb, I, but I, said I, it, I don't think I could even go 20. I was talking about it with Devin. And for those of you who don't know, Devin's my girlfriend. I was talking last night when I came in, and I said if I, if I would have been at home watching this on social media, I would have looked at it like... Yeah, they're not really doing that. They're not. I mean, they're not out there every day doing 100 miles. I, 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 I couldn't believe it. I was right seeing it, and I couldn't believe it. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's amazing what they, what they did each and every day. And I, like you said, man, I'd go five miles and I'd be crying. So for them to break through that pain wall and just continue to charge, um, and they said it every day. I mean, sometimes mid ride they would talk about how inspired they are just from, you know, just from the people that they're doing this for. That's what kept them pushing. I don't work out. I got up and worked out. I got up and ran and biked 20 miles, and I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna, might do 20 miles before. I go to bed again like and I'm gonna get I want to I want to get up to 580 I want to see how long it takes me to get that like and I don't exercise so it was uh super inspiring man I I know it inspired a lot of other people and like each and every one of them said it brought the flat track community together in a time where you know we are hurting um and and I think it's great to hope that there won't be any uh injuries in the future but it's motorcycle racing we all know it's dangerous we all know there's there's those risks and uh if there is going to be those risks it's great to know that there's things like this that help in time of need so thanks to Corey for inviting me um for putting this together for planning uh thanks to each one of these guys for uh for not holding back and letting me see who they really are um because that's what i'm all about man from from the time that you and i started the pit walk this podcast, I'm all about the real, showing people who they really are. And uh, I'm going to get to do this when I make this content, man. I just only hope the content I make is going to justify the experience. It was amazing. Dude, I'm sure it will. And, and we appreciate everybody who listened to their journey. And uh, I look forward to seeing that content. And uh, I think that's a wrap for this week's podcast, man. Yeah. And I think we're going to put this out a little early since we I was daily, <laughs> you know, with the, the chaos going on with all that. I It was... It was painful to get last week's out. I'm glad we did. Though. I apologize to Frankie for getting it out a day late, um, but he was super cool about it. So to make up for being late last week, I want to put this out a little early. 
couple reasons. One, because, you know, I want to make good on being late last week, but I also want to get this out before that fundraiser ends. Um, so uh, we'll probably put this out tomorrow on a Wednesday, um, two days early for you flat track, or for you off the groove fans that are used to seeing on Friday. So we'll do this tomorrow. Um, it's Tuesday now. So Thanks to all of our listeners. Thanks for everybody that donated to this good cause. Yes. And uh, smash that like button. Tell all your friends. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next Friday with a regular edition of Off the Groove. How yeah. about that? And donate. You still have 24 hours. Let's get this up. I figured I figured you would be the one that was the most the most up for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm good. Honestly, my legs are fine. It was like my shoulders and my my butt and uh, everything else, but my legs were fine. It was just uh, every other body part that started to hurt. Hey, hey, gotcha. hey, dude, it's Carter. Is are you still with Noah? I'm gonna call. I'm gonna start calling. I'm just gonna get everybody on the line, and then we'll get started. It shouldn't take long. Gonna, oh, we're all gonna do it at the same time, five people. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Or six oh, or seven. Okay, cool. You know, I'm on. We'll see. Yeah, call call Chad's here. Chad and Noah are here. I can make sure those two dumbasses answer. I don't know about the other two dumbasses, but I got two of them here. So awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna call Chad right now. Hold on. All right, Chad, he's calling you. Big phone job. <laughs> <laughs> you dialing in, Chad. Did you answer? Hello. Coast. Hello. <laughs> What's going on? This is gonna be this is gonna be an epic epic episode. We're gonna have all of the cats on the line. All right, I'm gonna dial in. I'm gonna <laughs> I mean, dial in. Yeah, dialing dialing yeah, in Noah train now. Train wreck. It's gonna be a train wreck for sure. It's gonna be great. Um. <clears throat> four, eight, four, six. Scotty, uh, Scotty's gonna be yeah. pumped to get Noah on, I'm sure. Oh, I, he, I, I, don't, I don't even know him. He has no Dude, idea. He's awesome. <laughs> Hold on. I, I Chris, thought that's Chris what he said about you. The best content. Oh, yeah. man. What? <laughs> I was gonna say, I said, there's, there's Noah. Chaos. Oh, no, it's Noah. Chris, what's man. going on? Scotty, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Driving in the car, you know. All right. Yeah. I'm dialing in Julian. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be great. Getting all the boys in on the line, huh? Absolutely. Party line. Party line. Here comes Julian. Maybe. West Virginia. <laughs> Mama. Take me home. Yo. Julian? Yo. Yo. <laughs> yeah, this is your credit collector. <laughs> Which one? We've seen you have some... We've seen you have some uncharacteristic charges on your card on uh, in Key West, Florida. Yeah, direct them all to Noah Chambers. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> the adopted son. Vander Cooey's coming in. This guy doesn't You're gonna have to direct phone, all right? the thing hard. Uh, yeah, so it'll be chaos. Yeah, we're gonna so we're gonna specify who we're asking questions to, and we're just gonna go through the days. And we I've actually outlined who's he's asking what, so it'll he'll he'll say who he's talking to, and this ain't gonna work. <laughs> I didn't think so either, but we'll, we'll see. Dude, I love your optimism. Come on, bro. All right, Brand B Rob's coming in. So wait, Vander Vandercore, you made it home, okay? Yes. Nice. Oh, I'm in I'm in Daytona Beach still. Are you? My brands. He's on my couch, dude. Liar. <laughs> He's literally sitting on my serious. couch right now. So we're going to start it with everybody on the line. So, uh, all right. It's only take about three Probably. hours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>